Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hi, this is Mary Bond, and I'm Prue Warren. Welcome to the very first episode of the Writer's Block Party podcast. Are you ready, Prue? I'm ready. We're launching ourselves to global global publishing empires. Here we go! Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Yes! <laughs> we are going to have so much fun with this podcast. We have great ideas. Prue has created the most amazing list of questions. I'm, 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 I'm itemizing my ignorance, but okay, that's a good way to put it. Let's say that I've crafted a brilliant list. That's good. That's much better than, what am I doing? <laughs> good plan. Good plan. This is good a good plan. This is a good plan. We have an amazing list of questions that Prue has put together because they are questions that are plaguing her and she is a new writer. She has published one story so far. One short, that's right, one short story, self-published, so yeah. Self-published, one short story so far. But you've already completed a complete novel, am I not right? (laughs) Like many people, in my situation, I have eight or nine complete novels. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know that. Okay. We are going to have so much fun here because we are going to discuss Prue's novels. We're going to talk about the craft of writing. We're going to talk about marketing. We are going to um, talk about publishing. Building an empire. Yep. And glo- how to build your personal global publishing empire. Yay. Yes. Yay. Okay. Mary, and we're going to have lots of la- laughs while we do so. Well, because we have, have, we have to have laughs. Ignorance is always funny. <laughs> 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 Nothing like a pratfall. Nice and public. Meredith, do your history. You My have how many, how many, how many books are on your author shelf? I mean, just make me envious. People always ask me this, and I always forget the number. I think it's about 25 or 24 that are actually published, but there are more than that written because with my current um, series that I'm writing, I have to write three books at a time. Um, And so I have them just, you know, I I write them and they pile up, and then I go back and I fix them and then... Okay, let's wait, wait. Wait, I know we have things that we want to get to, but can you explain why you have to write three books at a time? Because they overlap in time. (laughs) Yes, laugh, woman, laugh, because this was probably the stupidest thing that any writer could possibly have done. And yes, I have done it because you know what? I like puzzles. (laughs) Well, I think you found one for yourself. It was funny. I was just talking to somebody about subplots. My books are very straight. I have a guy. I have a girl. They work together to come together over the course of a book. The idea of a subplot, I'm like, 
my brain can't hold that in. My, my head explodes. You're writing three novels at a time, overlapping in time. Oh, um, I'm not there yet. So I'm going to follow along behind you. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I write them sequentially because my brain cannot manage writing three books at once. So I'm writing them sequentially, but I can't publish the first one in the trilogy until all three books are written. Because as I'm writing books two and three, I change things in book one because they overlap in time and the same scenes happen in, book, in each book from different That's points of view. Cool. That's very cool. Marty McFly and Back to the Future. You, you got to write them all at once. Yeah, you have to write wow. them all at once. Okay, I'm sorry to be okay. plaguing you with questions right off the bat. No, with no 24, 25, I'm not sure how many books I've published, madam. Yes. How long? How long? Now that you are fully experienced in what you're doing, you've come up with an idea, you're in the grocery store waiting in the checkout line, and you go, oh my God, I got it. From there to for sale, how long? Um, I, how long? Five? six months <laughs> complete because it takes me three to four months to write the book. I let it sit and, and marinate for a week or so. And then I edit it and then it goes to my editor who takes about a month to edit it. She does the two passes through the book complete and then I send it out to beta readers and then I put it up and then I publish it. So okay. yeah, five to six months. Okay. All right. I mean, right. I know people who I've heard of people who will publish one book a month and they, they just have an editor just constantly reading their books and putting them out. That blows my mind. <laughs> How long does it take you to write a book? Well, I can write a book in three weeks, but I can't, I can't, uh, I can't edit it. I can't, I don't know. I, that's, it takes a lot of percolation time before I get there. You, know, you have the idea and then it sits around for a couple of months and you sort of sift around and think about it. And then when you sit, I sit down, I can write it really quickly because I've got it all worked out in my head, but I don't think I could go from concept to publish in anything like six months. I mean, I'm like, woo, my God. Well, okay, but I'm gonna, that's my goal. I'll get there. I'll get there, right? You will get there. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. <laughs> if, I mean, and some people only write one book a year and, they're, and they publish one book a year and that is totally fine. I guess because that's it is a great book. About keep reading about the Amazon algorithm that says that you get on everybody's recommended for you list for one month, or maybe it's two months, or maybe it's three months. And after that, boom, you get dropped off that list because you're too old. So what you need to do is publish the next book two months later or three months later. And that keeps you always on the recommend. Like, I don't think I can go that fast. I don't know. With the first trilogy of this series that I'm writing, I had all three books ready to go. And I publish them one every month. Uh, May, See, that's April, May, June. And the sales dropped off normally, the way they drop off. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So a lot of people bought book number one, fewer people bought book number two, and even fewer people bought book number three. So I don't know that that Amazon algorithm is necessarily correct. And for the second trilogy of the same series, I dropped all three books on the same day and I had exactly the same drop off. Wow. Yeah. Well, now you're messing, you're messing with the David Gogren theory on how to make Amazon love you. I know. I am so sorry, David. (laughs) (laughs) What can I tell you? But that's, that's what I saw because I tested it. So yes, listeners, we are going to get real here with sales numbers. Oh, good. Good. Okay. Let's definitely. Yeah, because I'm hoping to publish my first one in January. So theoretically, I mean, we'll still be answering questions by January, right? I mean, maybe we get into here's a real life example of some poor sucker who hit publish one day and then and then and then here's what happened. (laughs) But Prue, I have read your work and it's fantastic. And so there there's like entirely it's entirely possible that you will drop your first book and it'll shoot to number one. Oh, I feel that's likely. Yes. And oh, especially yeah. if you uh-huh. push it really hard and you've got so many friends and, and so many people who are going to publicize it for you that, you know, it's possible. <laughs> I like your optimism. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> okay, so how many books have you written? Three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine. Well, the ninth one's not done yet. I'm working on the ninth one now. That's an amazing number of books. And would you go back and edit the first eight and publish them? Uh, That's a good question. That's a good question. None of them are romantic comedies. And I think that these, these last two, the romantic comedies, I think are have a good enough voice and a good enough style that two or three people might actually like them. And the other ones are not necessarily like there's one book that I wrote when my son was in sixth grade and wouldn't read a book. And for me to have a child who wasn't a reader, that was like, I mean, that's really sad. That's sad for me that he loved video games more than reading. So I wrote a book for sort of middle schoolers about a kid who gets sucked into a video game and it was funny and brilliant and wonderful. And he never read it. Right. Like he betrayed me to this day. I've been betrayed. He never read it. But I, I think I would have to I think I would have to come up with a lot of different pen names. I wrote some historic romances. Hmm. Um, I wrote some contemporary romances that weren't specifically set out to be funny. And I think they all have merit, especially now knowing what I know about kind of what I did wrong the first time. I think I could prepare a lot of them. But I don't necessarily think it's wise of me to do it when I have such a, a, a beginning brand, right? If I want to become known as a romance, a, a, a rom-com writer, then I can't go, you know, mm-hmm. flinging um, poorly written historical fiction into the mix. Mm-hmm. So. No, that I, I like the way you think. It's very sound in the marketing concept and your branding, which is essential to have well-established before you muddy things up. I 
that seems so clear to me. That yes. seems so smart to me because, yes. well, I'm thinking of, it's one of the things, I don't know if I put it on my list of deep ignorance. Like one of the things I was supposed to do is have a website and get a reader allure and draw people in so that I can send them a newsletter and, and identify the people who sort of think like me, right? So I can have mm-hmm. my inner core of, of people who think the same thing is funny that I think is funny because they would enjoy my books. Um, I have 28 people on my subscriber list, 28, mind you. That is and better I, than um, none. Well, it's better than none. But interestingly enough, at least half of them are people who love me, not love romantic comedies. And that's, that's so wonderful. It's so supportive and kind. But I have to figure out a way to say to them that if you buy my book when, he, when it gets published, if 28 people buy my book and 14 of them are not romantic comedy buyers, then Amazon's going to be very confused. So please don't buy my book. <laughs> I just need these people who buy rom-coms to buy it so that it'll get recommended to other people. I'm going to have to figure out a way to say to my sister, on pain of death, thou shalt not buy this book, right? So... <laughs> They need a lot of rom-com readers to become subscribers and hopefully buyers of the book so that it will, Amazon is the great overlord in my mind. I think Amazon is God now and I am terrified of God. So. (laughs) To the old, the old sort of God who everybody cowers in fear. Don't you, don't you sort of get that feeling? I mean, if you could appease God somehow, wouldn't you? If you could, if you could, what, what did they used to call it in the Catholic Church, where you you paid money for an indulgence? You bought you oh, bought right. indulgences, right? You buy an indulgence. If you could just buy an indulgence with Amazon, so they boost your ranking and show uh, you to more people. There are people do- who can do that, and um, I think they're called <laughs> traditional publishers. You are going to be very valuable to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> really, you mean the traditional publishers will do that? Traditional publishers can do that. And I think some really big name indie publishers can do that. But us, us peons, not uh, so much. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I'll bow down and worship fearfully at the Amazon altar and hope that, hope that they will look upon me with kindness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, I think, I mean, hoping that they look upon you with kindness and and massaging those keywords and your book description and just whatever you can manipulate yourself. That's about it. Yeah. So in our podcast, we're <sighs> going to be discussing all of these things. Yay. We're going to be discussing the craft. So all of your books that you've written where you have questions and where you're not entirely sure you did it right, or now you know that you didn't do it right. We're uh-huh. going to discuss what uh-huh. you know now that you didn't when you wrote that book. That's a good, that's a, that would be very helpful for me. Right. And let's see. Um, we have up on our website. The What's that web block, address? The writer's block party podcast.com. Because that's the writer's block. Party, the writers block party podcast.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up now. Do, do. Absolutely. Sign up for our blog. You, uh, 
I don't know that I have a place where people can register, can subscribe to our blog, but I will make sure that there is because I threw this thing together really fast. Good sound in your background there. Thank you so much. I was just wondering, I'm sure that my microphone is picking that up because yes, that is very, it's a, that's a very romantic sound. (laughs) I live next to a train track. Can you tell? Look, I've you've got you can find Prue at. Let's edit this right now as we're. Oh, please do. Adding. As we're. Oh, as well, we're I'm not going to edit it because it will make me stop talking, and that would be stupid to do that while. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going to put up a um, subscribe so people can. I will um, put up a subscribe so that people can subscribe to the blog because what we want people to do, listeners, listeners. since you're happening to listening to be listening Both just now. Um, what we want you to do is to go to thewritersblockpartypodcast.com and click on the blog tab uh, menu. And every week we will have up a new blog post which will list the question that we're going to be answering in the coming week's podcast. And there you will be able to comment at the bottom. Uh, let's make sure. That doesn't look like you can comment right now. I'll make you sure. You can. That- yeah, you have one. You have a questions page, don't you? No, I don't. We're going to be editing this and <laughs> we're discovering all the things that you oh, should be. Contact. All right. Yes, all right. there is a contact us page. But what I want to be people to be able to do is comment on the blog itself and ask questions so that we'll know what questions you have that you want us to address in the coming podcast on that topic. So say next week, we're going to be talking about POV and specifically deep POV. I need help on deep POV. And I can help you on deep POV because I have some answers and that is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Because um, I've been working on learning deep POV and sometimes I think it's a matter of describing things in a way that only that person would describe them. And sometimes I think it's simply taking out filter words and I have a lot of questions about it. So next we can't come soon enough for me. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to discuss the other possible questions we have coming up? Yes, that is a brilliant idea. Um, Then, okay. So each week we're going to cycle through um, topics. So, uh, next week is going to be craft, and then the week after that, we'll, we can cover, let's see, tempting an audience is kind of the same as marketing, don't you think? Yeah, I think it is. I think I mush those two together. Yeah, I think we can do that. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll tackle um, what makes a good cover. That's a great question. Thank you. And so okay. we will we'll tackle that one the week after. And Good. then the week after that, 
We, oh gosh, your next question on publishing is, how do you handle publishing on Amazon? Um, and I mean, I can go through the basics of it, but I mean, as you say, only God knows the answers to getting it right. Let's, uh, let's, you know what let's do? Let's save that one until I actually go to publish in January. What do you think of that? Oh, brilliant idea. We'll do, we'll do a live walkthrough. Yeah. And that one we can do in video so that you can share your screen and I'll wash can... my hair. <laughs> wash your hair put on some makeup put on some That's lipstick right. which nobody wears anymore because it's hidden behind a mask but not on the podcast and people can watch you actually upload your book God, let's do that that'd be yes. that would be and you could walk me through it i could totally walk you through it i can't tell you i in my wearing another hat, I format books for indie authors and I will upload for them if they're too scared to do it for on their own. And I keep telling people, you do not need to pay me to do this because it is so incredibly easy. All you're doing is filling out a form and they say, no, 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 no. I can't do this. I can't do this. No, 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 no. You do it. And so I do it and they pay me and I, you know, I'm not going to say don't pay me. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you could from, but when we do it in January, you can say, look, Go on to my podcast and watch this video and yes. go right through the whole thing. Oh, exactly. That would I be am brilliant. so happy to be your guinea pig. <laughs> Guide me, sensei. Teach me. <laughs> okay. So, that, so we're going to save the publishing questions for January. Although your second publishing question, what do you think of KU? That's mm. that we should tackle before how you publish yes. because that could influence how you're publishing. Yes, we should. So Good. maybe we'll tackle that one. Maybe we should put that one like in December when you're thinking about publishing. Okay. All right. Okay. And then you, you, that will give you some time to mull it over. Good. Um, so, okay. So we still just have, POV next week, and then the week after, let's tackle a marketing question. The value of an author's website, newsletter, newsletter capture, and reader lures. Oh, lovely. Excellent. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you. You ask such great questions. I have such great ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the next two. Yeah, so that's the next two. So if people wanted to comment, if, if, if both of the people who were listening to this podcast, you know, my sister, your husband, um, if they, <laughs> maybe my daughter, maybe your daughter, the brilliant designer, if, uh, if someone wanted to, they could go to the writer's block party and ask the questions they have yes. about DPOV or the value of an author's website newsletter and reader lures yes and that way we wouldn't overwhelm people with all of the topics that are upcoming that is true so um i think i'm still going to keep up this whole list because then then people know what's coming and mm -hmm. they because we also would like our listeners 
to use that contact us form and submit their own questions. God knows, because I'm sure my ignorance is such that I haven't realized the questions that need to be asked. Yeah. Please ask a question. Please ask questions, people. Person, you have you have much more faith than people do this. I do. I think we're going to get a few people. But you know what? If you're out there and listening, then let us know, please, so that we know who is here and who is listening. That'd be fun. We'd be excited. We'd be excited to meet you. Make two people extremely happy by telling us (laughs) that you're here. (laughs) Woohoo! Yes. All right. Well, this, I think. Do you, do you feel like we've covered what we needed to cover for the first tiny step into our global empire? I think so. But you know what? Let's get to know, let's let our listeners get to know us a little bit better. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, quick, let me make up some lies. <laughs> Come on. You're a writer. You can do this. So, Prue. <laughs> Whatever what- you've heard, I'm not a spy. I was about to ask, what did you do in your previous life that oh, you was fundraising? Oh, that I what? Be, before you, you yeah. decided to become a full-time writer. Yeah. I was a fundraising copywriter. I was a freelance fundraising copywriter. I wrote for um, liberal and progressive causes. Uh, I wrote you all the time, all the, which everybody says it's junk mail unless it interests you, in which case it's direct mail. And I wrote to you all the time and asked you for money. Sometimes you gave money because I was pretty good at it too. But I did it for, let's see, my kid is now 21 years old. I probably did it for 25 years. Wow. And for the first five years, I was burning. Oh, well, for the, I wrote wrote for two big agencies. And then when my son was born, uh, I became a freelance writer. And that was more fun because nobody minded that I didn't wear my shoes and that I didn't come to work at 830. I, I could write in the middle of the night. And nobody minded. Everybody was happy when I went freelance. All my bosses were like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, was, I was learning for five years. I was really good at it for 15 years. And I was bored for five years. So, you know, you, you get good at something, right? I mean, where you are now, in competency, in, in writing and publishing, Mary, where you are now, you don't have the same frisson of, of danger that I've got, of like, it's very exciting. I am learning like a sponge picks up water and I can't contain the oceans that I need to learn, but it's still incredibly exciting for me. I have I, no, no, you knowledge. don't lose that excitement. I'm sorry. You just don't. Okay. Because... Well, that's because- History is changing so quickly, you have to keep paying attention, I guess. Absolutely. Not only that, but so many people have such amazing takes on the on writing craft. And they're so creative. And they put a, I'm always buying craft books. I just bought two last week on story structure. Two different wow. books on story structure. Because... I love reading and learning and it's yeah. a never ending process. Good. Cause I was bored with fundraising. I can tell you that. No, you won't get bored with this. What's your answer to that question? Um, 
actually, I started out in fundraising. <laughs> <gasps> did you really? Oh my I God. did. I was. Uh, I wrote grant proposals <laughs> for nonprofits. That is a very different field. That is a very specialized. Good for you. I couldn't do it. Mine were always too emotional. Yeah, couldn't do it. And then I got a master's degree in secondary education. I was going to be a high school history teacher. Wow. And then, you have ever have those, the road not taken moments where you think about what might have been? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Because, yeah, I, I was going to be a history teacher and inspire kids. And I mean, I did my student learn my student teaching at an inner city Philadelphia school yeah. where one third of the class was African American and one third was uh, Asian recent immigrant and one third was old Italian families. Uh-huh. South Philadelphia in, in a nutshell. And I taught those kids American history. And by the time I was done, they all hated white men. Well done, girl. You <laughs> now there's a claim to fame. Congratulations. Claim to fame. <laughs> they would have come to that conclusion without you sooner or later. I would have so. But, <laughs> but yeah. And wow. so that was that was really interesting. But then I got married and I moved to Northwestern Massachusetts and that was the end of that. <laughs> well, but you are still teaching. I mean, thank God. Oh, yes, I mean, you I are am. a book coach and you're guiding me and you've got that natural teacher ability. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when we're done with the podcast, I too will hate white men. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not teaching you American history. <laughs> That's true. You're not, but it, that may not, it, it may be immaterial. <laughs> But yeah, I've been teaching writing since 2008. Wow. First at a small community college in Maryland and now online. And how, when did you publish your first book? My first book was published in 2004. With So you went in when you taught writing, you went in as a published author. I did, yes. So my first book was uh, published as a zebra regency romance. Wow. Because I won the Beaumont's um, Royal Ascot contest. What is that? The Beaumont is the RWA Romance Writers of America's regency chapter. Okay. And every year they have a contest called the Royal Ascot where everybody it's for unpublished writers and you send in your work uh the first three chapters of your book and it is read by other writers all members of the beaumont and the three finalists get read by a new york publisher and that year it was kate duffy at kensington which is the the company that published past tense published Regency romance, zebra regency romance. And that year, she read my books, my book, a book by Glenda Garland, and a book by Noni Saad. And she said, I love them all. You all wow. win. You oh, all my God. 
You all win and you all get two book contracts. All three of us. Stop dangling these impossible lures. This does not happen these days. It does. It does. If you win a contest and your book is just blows away the the editor who is the finalist judge, they will offer you a contract. Okay. First of all, did you, I can't remember, did you define what RWA stands for, for the listeners? Yes, Romance Writers of America. Good. And anyone can join if they have even an unpublished book. Absolutely. Anybody can join the Romance Writers of America. All you have to do is intend to publish a book, a romance. You You have to show, you have to show a manuscript. I don't think you need to show a complete manuscript. You have to show intention. You have to show that you are working. All right. I had to. I had to. And I sent them, I sent them one of the ones that I'm, I sent them five books ago. (laughs) I've only been in the chapter for two years. (laughs) I'm I'm eager. Um, And do they still, does the Beaumont still have that competition? Do the other, you mean, have, have I been ignoring competitions all this time? You should not, because I can tell you that competitions are fantastic because with many competitions, like the Washington Romance Writers Competition, the Marlene's, every year, when you send it in, you get back a detailed, critiqued manuscript, and not the entire manuscript, the first three chapters, but the first uh, 25 pages, I think it is, something like that. Okay. Um, all right, I have another question. Add yeah. it to the list. Find me some. Find me some. Find me some competitions I can enter. Oh, there are so many. Um, there are so many competitions for unpublished writers. There are many competitions for published writers. Do I, I qualify learned... as unpublished if I've done that short story in that anthology? Usually, yes. Usually, um, lots of times because self-publishing is so prevalent now. Um, I think a lot of contests now say that you can only submit an unpublished work. Oh, good. Oh, and fun. so that would work. God, when it's really beginning to shape up, thanks to Angela James, my awesome editor, I've got one that's really beginning to look quite sprightly. Fantastic. <laughs> so, and you won one, and so, they gave you a two-book contract. And they gave me, a, Kate Duffy gave me a two-book contract. And I said, it's actually a quartet. It's four books. And she said, okay, we'll give you another two book contract. Wow. And the mine, then the last book of the quartet closed the line. It was the last zebra Regency book. Wow. <laughs> you killed it. And after that, it. they hated a white man. <laughs> I killed the line. Yes. So that was, so the first two were published in 2004 and the second two were published in 2005. And the first WRW Washington Romance Writers meeting I went to was in 2004. And I went to the September general meeting, which is where every September they have their, um, it's this Saturday. It's this Saturday. It's the, the big meeting where they, they have to have a quorum and, and everybody shows up. So I showed up for that in 2004. I had just moved to Washington. Like, no, I had moved there a few, like five years before. But anyway, 
I showed up and everybody introduces themselves. And I said, I'm Meredith Bond. And I just got a two book contract with Zebra Regency. And my first book is about to be published. And damn it, if Glenda Garden Garland wasn't sitting two chairs away from me, and she stood up and said, me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we've been best friends ever since. <laughs> How funny. Oh my God. But yeah. So 2004, I published those and 2005, I published those four books. And that was the end of my traditional publishing career. <gasps> That's it. The rest has been self-published. The rest has been self-published because after that, I started adding magic to my Regency romances. And this uh. was you know, 2005, when um, paranormal had, wasn't a thing. Right, no Twilight. There was no Twilight. There right. was barely Harry Potter. Right. And my editor looked at, read the book, and she said, this is so interesting. This is amazing. This is great. I am not going to buy it. <laughs> because I don't have a shelf to put it on. Wow. It doesn't fit with the historical romances because there's magic in it. It doesn't fit with the paranormal romances because it's historical. Yeah. Don't know what to do with it. Not buying it. Self-publishing. And then when self-publishing happened in 2011, I published the book. You must have been a maverick. No, but there were people who published before me. There were people who were self-publishing in 2009 and 2010. I started in 2011. Self-publishing has been going on for 11 years. That's it? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Ah, this digital world is moving so fast, darling. I cannot hold on. No. My God. My fingers are slipping. I'm losing my grip. That's fast. As, as my daughter was telling me, there's apparently a song that says the earth is spinning so fast, everybody's going to fly away. No doubt. No doubt. That could be our theme song. Yes. That totally could be could. our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> because wow. Yeah. So there we are. All right. So any other questions that we need to explore? Address right now. Oh, next now? week, deep POV. Help me. Okay. Help me. Okay. No right. problem. I will help you. You know you will. Thank God. <laughs> Allow me to represent the ignorant of the world. <laughs> help us. We all need your help, Mary. Help us all. <laughs> okay. So that is our show for today. Um. Go to our website, thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. I will make sure that you can put in your questions, and I will make sure that you the Contact Us um, form is up, which it isn't right now, but I will make sure that it is. And you can send in your questions that we will answer. Prue, or just let her, us know you're alive. Or just let us know that you're there. That would right. be fantastic. We'd like that too. We would really like that. <laughs> and All right. That's it. I'm Meredith Bond. I'm Prue Warren. And we will talk to you next week. 
That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank you.